Hello, everybody. Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Rage Occasion Associate Head Baseball Coach Anthony Babineau is set to join me here in um, just a, any minute now, waiting to hear from him before we get him on board to chat live. Before we bring him on, let's hear a little bit from Spencer Arigetti. Uh, the uh, sophomore transfer right-hander didn't allow a base hit until the seventh inning last night. He was absolutely tremendous. And in six and two-third innings, allowed only one hit, walked one, struck out nine, and just had command of his fastball. But he spoke with us last night after the win. Here are a couple of the things that he had to say. And after we hear from Spencer, we should have Bab on the line ready to go. You know, my my game plan tonight was the same as it is every single time I take the mound, just execute pitches. I knew it was going to be a big atmosphere, home opener. I knew that the, the expectation's high, obviously. Like, they, they brought me here for a reason, and I'm, I'm really glad that I got the nod. Uh, it was awesome pitching in front of Cajun Nation for the first time. Those guys are electric. Uh, the energy in my dugout tonight was incredible. The – I mean, the at-bats were great. I, I just – I love the competition of all of it. That's what we do here. We scrap. You see – and this may just be you, but you seem to have a, a swagger uh, on on the mound tonight. You had a little bounce to your step when you were getting off uh, in a couple innings. Uh, was that the crowd? Is that just naturally you? Like, wh- where does that come from? I would say it's a little bit of both. And uh, even bigger than that, I would say that side of me feeds off of the, the energy from my boys in the dugout, really. Uh they were bringing it tonight. I was feeling it. And, um, you know, I mean, I think half of the battle is is confidence, you know, like telling the hitter that it's over before they step in the box. And, I mean, that's just – that's kind of me, I guess. Telling the hitter that it's over before they're in the box. <laughs> little chill after the game, but on the mound, different story. It's like the base for everything for me, for all of our guys. That's what they preach to us all the time. Uh, that's that's really where like everything works because when the fastball is good, everything else looks better. So I feel like that I, that was probably my key tonight was just commanding the fastball. Would you have been ready to to blow through the pitch count if you had kept the no hitter going, or, or were you starting to Absolutely. run out of it, in it or what? Absolutely. Uh, I'm a tough one to take off the mound a lot of the time. And, um, you know, it didn't matter to me that it was week one. It was just, it was an opportunity and I I felt good. I obviously was going to throw until they decided I was done. And the time came when it came, but, you know, I made a mistake, good hitter hit it. And that's kind of what happened. So were you given in the last couple inning or so, were you given, uh, Coach Jack, some funny looks, or you were just not looking at him at all? Not at all. <laughs> Ever until he's calling time. <laughs> so what's the what's the whole journey been for you from TCU to the the JUCO, and you know what what what's what's the what's the backstory and all that? So uh, obviously went to TCU my freshman year, pitched a little bit there. I I realized I really just I didn't fit in there very well. I uh, I also think I wasn't necessarily ready to be at the D1 level at the time. You know, I was having confidence issues, just like a lot of mental stuff that 
the ability was there, I think, but I, I just don't think I was ready. And uh, I took a step back, realized that if I really wanted to go somewhere with baseball, that I was going to have to find somewhere that I could get better for a year and more importantly, work on my mentality, work on all the things around the game that aren't necessarily the game. So really for me, uh, the year at Navarro in Corsicana was uh, – it was a year to just like figure out who I really was as a baseball player, like what I really wanted to do with this game. And I, I happen to have an amazing staff there as well. People that really showed me that the game can be fun because that's what I was missing for the most part at TCU is just, I wasn't enjoying it. Uh, Brett Doe, uh, the assistant coach at Navarro. I mean, that guy, he gave new life to my career, like just having a coach like that and, I mean, now that I'm here, like it's it's been the same kind of the same kind of drive that I felt my freshman year, the same desire to compete. But now I feel a hundred times more prepared. And the staff that we have here now is incredible. The fans are incredible. My I have never felt more accepted, more welcome, more loved by a team in my life. These are it's an incredible group of guys that we have here. That is some uh, sound from Spencer Arigetti. We can hear some more of it later in the show. But as promised, joining me now is associate head baseball coach for Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, Anthony Babineau. Uh, Bab, why don't we start with Spence? Um, <laughs> in terms of uh, pitching debuts in a Cajun uniform, you've seen a lot of them. Where did that one last night rank? Well, I think all you have to do is is really take a listen at those comments that he just made you know, that you played before we came on. And that shows you the maturity that Spencer has. And he pitched that way. He pitched mature, you know. If I would describe his outing, it was, I mean, it was very mature. It was methodical. It was intense. I think everyone could see the intensity with which he pitches with, the confidence that he pitches with. But as far as where it ranks, as far as debuts, I mean, you know, I'd put that up there with Hayden's debut on Friday night at Tulane with Dirk's debut. Just masterful. It really was. I mean, and exactly what we needed last night because really anything less than that, I don't know if we win that ball game. You know, we, we scored two runs, which was enough last night because we got the pitching that we got. And, you know, the, the, we didn't have many opportunities to score. But when we had the couple of opportunities, guys came through in the clutch with base hits to plate those two runs and the pitching staff and, and defense, you know, took care of the rest. We made those two errors, but, you know, turned the big double plays. So it was, it was a great win last night against a good Louisiana tech baseball team. Yeah. And, um, it was, uh, just, you know, as he said, I don't know if you're at the very beginning of it, but he said, uh, you know, it was a scrap. That's what we do here. We scrap. Is that you know we're only we're only a few games into this season, but do you feel like that's already kind of the identity of this year's team is just going to be guys that just scrap? Well, I sure hope it is uh, because when you have guys that scrap and grind and, and think they're never out of the fight, you can do some special things. Uh, that's been proven in the past, so let's hope that's what their identity is. But I think that's what you're seeing. Uh, these guys have had to overcome a lot, as we all know, all sports teams, anybody that's playing a team sport or an individual sport for that matter, uh, this past year has, has gotten, has had to toughen up and come together to be able to play or you're not playing, you know, guys have had to follow certain guidelines and, and 
stay within the rules, keep themselves safe and protected and to themselves, so to speak, for the most part. So when you do that, you really have got no choice but to come together and, and you've got so much to play for because there was so much taken away. I can remember Coach Robichaud always saying, you know, when, when you get something that you truly love taken away from you, you, you really understand how much it means to you. And I think that's what you're seeing uh, with this group and uh, with groups, with a lot of groups, like I said, of, of teams that are playing right now, any kind of sport. Anthony Babineau, our guest, ESPN 1420. If you uh, have any questions, 269-1077, Before we get into tonight's matchup, what uh, what in your mind is, is the biggest takeaway from the series uh, at Tulane? Uh, our biggest takeaway, I think, is the fact that after that Friday night loss, we had to get up off the mat and, and respond and punch back. And that's exactly what we did. And I think that goes hand in hand with that toughness and grittiness that we were just talking about. Coach Deggs and I were saying on the ride home that we were so close to a sweep because we had opportunities Friday night, you know, loaded the bases three times and came away with only one run out of those opportunities. But as a team, we may have gotten more. Oh, I know we got more out of the way things turned out because, as I said, we had to get up after that punch from Friday night and, and show some toughness, show some resolve, show some grit, show that we weren't just going to lay down, and, and we definitely showed that. Guys fought tooth and nail on Saturday and Sunday, just a back-and-forth battle, that whole weekend super regional-type atmosphere, and there was nobody in the stands. If, if there would have been people in the stands, whether it be at their place or our place, it would have been just absolute nuts. It really would have. So to get a series like that, opening weekend, you have three games that go into extra innings, which I don't think has ever happened to to us before. To, to me, Coach Deggs, Coach Talbot, we've been coaching a very long time, and we, we couldn't remember a weekend series going into extras all three games. So just to have everything that happened to our team, uh, I think, was just a – positive for our team it gave us some great momentum coming into last night's game last night's win gives us some momentum for tonight another big game and then you know we just we're going to take this one game at a time because since march 10th of last year we've been preaching to our guys that we're all day to day with the pandemic with things the way they are right now we're all day to day we don't know when they could be taken away from us uh from any one of us so we just focus on the day that that we have right here, and we don't look ahead to the next. Anthony Babineau, associate head coach of Louisiana, our guest. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN1420.com. Um, Bab, one thing for me on opening weekend I wanted to get your thoughts on, um, and, and we can hit back on last night's game, circle back there in just a moment. But from opening weekend, it, it seemed like offensively, um, and Tulane's got some good pitchers. Compared to the beginning of last season uh, and the early part of last season, there just didn't seem to be as many wild swings or uh, just bad swings. You know, there weren't as many wild hacks. You guys weren't chasing, uh, you know, that many bad balls. It just seemed like there was major improvement, in my mind anyway. Do you feel like that's a fair assessment? And and obviously you guys still have some work to do, but do you like where you are right now offensively? 
compared to yeah, last season anyway. We, I'm sorry. Compared to last season, you right, like where you are offensively. Right, absolutely. You know, it took a little while to kind of get going last year. And, you know, last year was Matt's first year and, and putting in something that he wanted to run. And this year, although we have a lot of new guys that are in the lineup, there's a couple of guys that are back from last year. So it's the second year under that system. And, you know, the guys that we have this year, the, the new guys came in, they've been able to, <clears throat> excuse me, they've been able to pick it up a little more quickly and put it to use for us. So definitely a little more pleased uh, than at this time last year. You know, it took a little while to get going, not just offensively, but, but as a team in general, you know, and I think this year this group has forged their identity, um, created that bond a little quicker than last year's group to hopefully, you know, avoid that slow start that we had last year. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Well, last night you guys got seven hits, but um, I know that the base path—that's an area you guys definitely tonight looking to, to to handle business there. I know it was it was a bit of a struggle last night, but how has that part of the team been through fall camp and you know preseason practice on all that other stuff? Where are you guys at right now in regards to that? With the base running, yeah, I think. We're in great shape. I mean, we stole, we were a perfect eight for eight in stolen bases this weekend. You know, last night uh, we got thrown out or picked off three times, but that's just a, a byproduct of being aggressive. I mean, don't, don't wait for us to, to back up or slow down because we got picked off three times last night. I mean, you're going to see it again tonight. I mean, we just, we want guys, uh, we want an offense that is ultra aggressive. A hundred percent, you know, all the time uh, with a few parameters on it. Not many, but a few. Um, but no, we're, we're extremely pleased. You know, when, when that's one thing that this team can do. We can really run, and we got guys that know how to steal bases. So if we can find a little crack in in someone's armor, uh, we're going to take advantage of it. I think you saw that this weekend. And again, I know we got thrown out three times last night, but. Um, I hope you're not waiting for that to to, to slow down any. Per, uh, personally, I am not waiting for that to slow down. Um, and and you feel like if if one of those gets through last night, maybe that's the spark that really gets the bats going. But you know, you got enough. You got the the run in the first. You got the insurance run on the RBI by by Latta in the seventh, and uh, he made his debut. I know he didn't make the trip to Tulane, but folks are seeing a lot of newcomers. You know. Um, whether it be CJ over the weekend and what he did Saturday and Sunday or Bobby last night. Uh, you know, we're only four games into it, Bab, but you guys have played a lot of different players already. Well, well, fortunately, we have depth, you know, and, and not just depth for the sake of having depth on paper. We have depth that can play, guys that can really get it done, and I think that's what you're seeing. And we've moved some guys around, and the the great thing is we've got guys that can play a lot of different positions. You've already seen C.J. Willis play three positions, third, first, and second base. Uh, Bobby Lede came in as a shortstop, worked all fall, all spring at shortstop, worked at second base a little bit this spring before the season started. He played a tremendous second base last night. Jonathan Brandon can play all three positions. Sam Riola primarily has worked out at second base since he's been here in the fall, uh, moved to short this past weekend, 
because of Lede's absence and has just been playing a tremendous shortstop. So Brennan Bro outfield the first base. We've just got guys that can move around, guys that are athletic, and, and that's the type of ball player that that we want, that we're looking for. A guy that's versatile, a guy that's super athletic. You know, you've heard Coach Deggs talk about that strength and speed combo. That that's what we are looking for. That's what we recruit because we feel that those type of players can can move around a little bit, and we want a versatile lineup. We want a versatile bench so that we can make moves. You don't want to be – you hate to be locked in. You hate to, to get in a situation where late in the game, you know, you really got to make a, a move, whether it be on the mound or a pinch hitter or something like that to help win a ball game. But when you make that move – you have to suffer defensively because you don't have another guy to plug in for the guy that you just pinch hit for. But the fact that we've got depth and usable depth that can move around the different positions, it's it's really a wild card for us. It really is because you, you don't have to worry about making certain offensive moves and having the defensive side struggle because of it. Well, for a, an extremely competitive roster, you want – Difficult decisions, right? I mean, Arigetti goes out well, last night, and, and, and you know, a coach yeah. is saying afterwards, "Well, you know, think of Brandon Young last year, and there's a reason we gave him thir- number 32, and you know, a guy that makes his way in there." You mentioned Lada, excuse me, uh, Lede, and plan to throw him at short, and then Riola goes in there and uh, talk about a stud, at least so far uh, from a defensive standpoint. Uh, you know, C.J. Willis going out there, and it's like, guys, when they get that opportunity, making it that much harder of, man, I mean, <laughs> all right, he's earned it, but who do we move to get him in there? And it's, um, right. I'm sure it's not an easy decision, but I know for a guy that's been here, is, is a, a, I like to always point out, you know, how old you are, Bab, technically your fourth decade with the team <laughs> now. Um, I, I know that that is a problem you will take every single season. Absolutely, one hundred percent. The years, the years that it's easy to write the lineup because you've got nine or ten guys, and it's easy to make pitching decisions because there's four or five guys. You can look up at the end of those seasons, and as I like to say, not too pretty good. But when you have a decision to make when it comes to who's going to play every day and who's going to pitch and or like last night, as Coach said in his post-game interview, you have we have pitch counts on these guys for their first time out. And then the guy says, here's what I think of your pitch count. I'm just going to go out and not allow a hit until the seventh inning. Um, you know, do you let that guy keep going? Do you stick to your guns on the pitch count? So, no, the fact that we have guys that can compete and play at a high caliber is just – we love it. We absolutely love it. ESPN1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN1420 app. Um, you may not be able to answer this, but is Connor Cook the expected starter tonight? I know Dag said he thinks so, but nothing definitive. Where are we at day of the game? Connor Cook. So it's definitive. He'll get the start. How much do you think that weather on Friday impacted his first outing? Well, for power guys, guys that throw the baseball hard, obviously some guys, not all guys, because Hayden Dirt throws the baseball hard and he didn't have any issues. But for some guys, 
that throw the baseball hard, grip is a is a huge thing. And when it's cold, you don't have the grip that you normally have. And, and I'm not making an excuse. Um, Matt brought this up yesterday, and he mentioned it's not an excuse. It's just facts and the way things are. Um, it's it's sometimes for certain guys tough to get a, a grip on the base, good grip on the baseball when those conditions are are like they were. So whether that played a part in it, I, I don't know, but. Uh, it could have. Uh, I expect Connor to come out tonight with with better command. Um, he, he's hungry to get back out there. He's ready to get back out there. I think he's the perfect guy for the job. So, um, as I told Spencer Arrigetti during the day yesterday, um, I'm going to tell Connor Cook I already did that I can't wait to watch him pitch tonight because I just know that they're going to compete and uh, just do a great job. In regards to what we saw last night after uh, Arigetti, uh took a bow between Perrin, Schultz, Talley, who got the save against the team that had originally signed him out of high school, I thought that was a little um, under-the-radar story last night. That was cool. But in terms of that trio, is that something you anticipate you guys doing quite a bit in terms of closing out games this year? If, if they're arms feel good enough and their pitch counts from previous games. You know, I think the pitching staff depth is, is like the position player depth. You know, there's, there's guys that can do different things. Those guys that came out last night to finish the game after Eric Getty, those guys have all started games in their careers here. So we have guys that can pitch at the front end in the middle and the back end. The good thing about the depth of this staff is the guys in the middle, we've got, guys that can really, really bridge the gap to the guys at the end. So the way it went last night was the the guys that were in the game plan. There was a, there was one point where we almost bypassed Schultz, but then we elected to go with him uh, to get us to tally. So, But when you look at it, when you can run on a Tuesday night, um, you know, after playing 32 innings on the weekend, when you can run an Arrogetti, a Perrin, a Schultz, and a Tally. I mean, that's pretty good stuff right there, you know, and, and trust me, we don't take that for granted. We know that's a luxury. You know, tonight we, we've got, you know, a Cook that's going to start. You've got an Angel uh, that's going to go out. Um, you've got Schultz that can go back out again. I mean, we've got we've got guys that can go out that can really execute pitches and it's not a guarantee every time they go out, as we all know, but uh, it is guys that, you know, we're not just pulling from a hat. It's guys that are proven. It's guys that have done something and it's guys that just go out and compete and attack the strike zone. That's the whole thing. If if you attack the strike zone, if if, with, with something behind it, and by that something behind it, I mean some compete and tenacity. You've got a very, very good chance of being successful. You really do. Uh, and our guys pound the pound the strike zone. Uh, that's one of the the mo's of this staff. ESPN fourteen twenty, ESPN fourteen twenty dot com, and the ESPN fourteen twenty app. We're visiting with Rage Cajun associate head baseball coach Anthony Babineau. Tonight it is Louisiana hosting LSU, and uh, we talked a little bit about Connor Cook being out there tonight. What is, in your mind, the number one key tonight for you guys heading into this one? Well, I think it's the key to every every game, really. Uh, it all starts on the mound. 
you know, that guy's got to give us a great start, especially when you play at home. We take the field first. Uh, we throw the first pitch. So it, it all starts with the guy that's 10 inches above the rest of us. And so Connor's got to give us a good start, um, you know, and then we've got to take advantage of opportunities. Uh, we've got to have great at-bats. Uh, we've got to play the game intense but under control we talk about them all talk to them all the time about sometimes you can you got to throttle down a little bit you don't want to play too low you know scale of zero to ten one to ten you know we like the, the five six seven range we really do but with that five six seven range have a lot of toughness and competitiveness behind it you can still play under control uh, with a lot of compete and, and with a lot of arrogance. You really can. Uh, we want to play the game fast, hard, and loose like we always do and stay off results and at the end of the game see where the chips lie. Um, but, again, it, it all starts on the mound, and then when we get opportunities offensively, we've got to take advantage of them and we've got to play de- good defense. That, that's really the recipe for for success, Scott, for every game. doesn't matter if it's um, – you know, LSU doesn't matter if it's Arkansas State, doesn't matter if it's Coastal Carolina. Um, it really doesn't matter. Uh, you've got to focus on what you can control and, and try to be the best at, at those things that you can be. Final question for you, Bab. Appreciate you coming in this morning, and uh, we'll be doing this next Wednesday and every Wednesday throughout the baseball season. Um, the crowd last night, limited capacity. It was the home opener. I know that it wasn't packed the way it typically would be. And uh, yet, you know, those that were there were still loud on center field. There still seemed to be an energy, and I know that'll be the case again tonight. But just kind of weird, or do uh, you just use the word different? Your thoughts on on the crowd last night and, uh, and what you expect this season now that you've had a chance to play in front of a raucous crowd, albeit one that was a lot lighter than it typically would be in normal conditions. Right. No, I thought the crowd was great. First of all, it was great to be back playing in that stadium in our home dugout and just seeing the, the, the familiar sights and hearing the familiar sounds, you know, that is, is Tigmore Field at Russo Park. It was just really great to be there. And and you mentioned it, the, the 779 people that were there, they were loud. You could hear them with the claps and on clapping with two strikes, singing center field, um, singing you know everything that they sing it was it was really great uh i think they gave us energy towards the end of the ball game because that's when they were the loudest and i really think things are going to continue to get better as people get more used to how they have to navigate around the games i think everybody will will get more comfortable as the season goes uh, i'm anticipating it to be you know a good year uh with the, with a lot of success and as you know, uh, a lot of success, people come out to watch. So hopefully the 779 people that, that were fortunate to get tickets utilize those tickets every game and come out and support these boys who, like I mentioned at the top of the hour, have worked so diligently and so hard to get back to this point. Uh, I think you're seeing the fruits of their labor paying off a little bit, at least early on. Uh, let's hope that that stays the story as we move forward with this season. Anthony Babino has been our guest. Appreciate it, Babino. You got an 8.30 meeting uh, via Zoom. We'll let you get to it, but thanks for coming in this morning via the phone line, and uh, we'll see you out there at the ballpark tonight. Best of luck, and we'll talk to you again next week.
My pleasure, Scott. Thank you so much, buddy. Have a great day. You got it. There is Anthony Babineau. 30-plus years with the program. Over four decades within it. I think I said, you know, over, I said I could three, and listener pointed out technically it's actually his fourth with the team, and he's right. Was a uh, good win last night. Should be an exciting ball game tonight. All right, number of listeners emailing saying, can you play some more sound from Arigetti last night uh, that we let off the hour with? And I can. Here's some more from Spencer Arigetti, winning pitcher last night who tossed six and two-third innings, only allowed one hit. Was just terrific. Just terrific. Uh, ESPN 1420.com. He uh, took a no-no into the seventh. Eventually was broken up by Steele Netterville, but then to keep him in there and keep rolling and get the double play, it was good stuff. Here's more from Marigetti. Got off to a pretty good start. I was feeling good. And, um, yeah, I mean, COVID hit me just like it hit everybody else. It was unexpected and it was really disappointing. But got an opportunity after that to work while I waited, use that time really well to focus on parts of my game that needed some work still. Got a chance to go play some ball this summer as well and – I mean, I think all of that's added to this this confidence that I feel here. And definitely, again, it's, that energy comes from the boys, too. Like, it's it's contagious. So, more questions. When, when you were – when you – did you know the whole Tulane series that you were pitching this game? And I'm sure the other pitchers have to be – are a little envious that you got to pitch in this weather and they had to pitch in that weather at Tulane. I was ready to throw the entire weekend. Uh we had gone into it knowing that we were trying to save me for Tuesday, but that if we got into if we got into a scrap with down in Tulane, that that my name was going to get called. That it was it was my turn, and I would have treated it just like any other outing, same intent. You know, uh, they're trying to keep me a little versatile right now. I think, which I like. I think I I got an opportunity to prove a lot, and I think I also have a lot to prove. So. Is it important for you? Uh, is it the goal to be a weekend starter before you when you get into Sunbelt play, or what's your mindset right now? I'm taking whatever role I get, uh, and I'm going to make the most out of every single week. You know, uh, that's not up to me. It will never be up to me. I mean, my desire obviously would be to, but again, like this is about the team. This is about winning baseball games, and if they feel that. I can help us win baseball games on the weekend, then I'll do that. If it's midweeks, then I'll do that. If it's bullpen, I'll do that. And real quick, what what did getting Brandon's number mean to you? Uh, well, I mean, I had, I had really only, like, watched Brandon last season after I'd connected. That guy is electric. I look up to him a lot in a lot of ways. And I, I don't know. To me, it was just a number. And then I kind of realized a little bit, like – Maybe they uh, maybe they see me or see a little bit of me and him, and I would love to think that they see a little bit of me and him because that guy's incredible. And I mean, what he did here last year was amazing. I would I would love to come close to that this year. So I think it's big shoes to fill, but it's definitely something I'm embracing. Do you liken yourself to the brunette Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> no, it's, I just like my hair long. It looked, that was the first thing I noticed when I saw you pitching. It was it was the hair. It, it, it's it's amazing. It's great hair. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Clay in there with the uh, the the brunette Trevor Lawrence comment there. 
I mean, I mean, Spencer does have some great hair. I got to give it to him as a guy that doesn't have much. I, uh, I'm somewhat envious. So, um, Connor Cook will get the start tonight for Louisiana.